You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Someone once said, you don't grip a baseball. A baseball grips you. It fills our days and brightens our nights over the course of a season and the span of a lifetime. We share hope, drama, and joy. It brings us all closer together, nine innings at a time. It's the game we live. It's the game we love. Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. And I can't think of a better way to start the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast than that right there. Dave Niehaus welcoming back baseball, and it does feel like baseball is back today. Pitchers and catchers reporting today two of the most glorious words Pitchers and catchers. Pitchers and catchers report today. Baseball is back. And so happy you're here on the podcast. The very special edition, the pitchers and catchers edition of the podcast. First workouts start tomorrow. So we'll be talking baseball quite a bit through spring training. We're not going to be quite daily yet, but uh, we're going to be talking some baseball and talking some Mariners baseball today. So here's what we have in this special pitchers and catchers edition of the podcast so zach sanders is going to be with us in a few minutes and we're going to talk spring trainings here it's time to talk position battles and there's a few of them to keep your eye on we're going to talk about one that i think is very intriguing and involves the rotation that comes up now i was trying to think of ways to celebrate pitchers and catchers what well, for me, and I'm guessing for you, too, is always a fantastic day. And here is what I came up with. Kind of unique. I think it's kind of unique. So we'll see what you think. But what I did is I combed through Mariners history. And here's what we're going to do. I took one highlight from every single year of Mariners baseball and put them together 1977 through last year in order now to make it a little more unique i only i limited myself to only using a player one time so edgar martinez for example the double in 1995 is the representative and that's the only time i use edgar martinez so you will only hear a player one time throughout i thought it'd make a little bit unique and this isn't necessarily the greatest hits the greatest moments of mariners history although you will hear a few of them in there but uh, I think you'll hear some great moments, some funny moments, some just enjoyable calls. But I think it's a fun way to celebrate what is always a special day. One highlight from each year of Mariners baseball. So before we get to Zach Sanders coming up as we talk a little bit about the rotation, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate Mariners baseball and the first day of workouts, pitchers and catchers reporting. Here it is, one a year, 
Mariners history. Voice of the new Seattle Mariners. It's my pleasure to introduce and to work with in this first season ever, a great gentleman, Dave Niehaus. Thank you, Ken Wilson. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the initial voyage of the Seattle Mariners. Diego Segui, the first pitch in history is a strike, taken at the knees by Jerry Remy, leading it off. Raleigh's 2-2 delivery on the way now. A fastball lined in the left center field. A long run for Rupert. He reaches down, makes an incredible catch. He gets the ball back in, and the runners just do get back. Oh, my, what a catch by Rupe. And the first pitch on the way to Bakhti. It's a curveball on the ground. Ball, base hit, right field. Here comes Leon Roberts, and the Mariners have swept the New York Yankees. They beat them. The 2-0 pitch to Roberts now by Stan is a fastball and a fly ball into the gap in deep right center field. Back to the warning track, the wall, it is off the wall. One run will score, two runs will score, three runs will score, and the Mariners take the lead by a score of 5-3 on a stand-up double by Leon Roberts. The way as Cruz goes, it's outside, throw through to suck it is. Not in time, he's tied the record. Julio Cruz has stolen 32 in a row. And it wasn't that bad a throw by Dempsey as Cruz went in head first and may have hit Cruz or the bag and gone into center field. And Mr. Julio Cruz has tied the all-time American League record 32 consecutive steals and 28 straight this year. My, oh, my. It's great to have you fans around the world listening on American Forces Radio being able to sit in on a bit of baseball history here at the Kingdom in Seattle, Washington tonight. May the 6th, 1982, Gaylord Perry, one out away from 300. The 2-1 pitch to Randolph. Swung on, ground ball to Cruz. This should do it. He's got it. It's over. Gaylord has 300. Everybody mobbing Gaylord Perry as he goes all the way. His teammates come out bad bullying, and Gaylord Perry becomes the 15th man in baseball history to win 300 games as the Mariners beat the Yankees 7-3. My, oh, my. Everybody yelling. Matt Young ready to serve the payoff pitch to Reggie. And here it is. It's a curve swing and a miss. It's over. Reggie Jackson fans three times and young Matthew Young has just pitched a gem as he goes all the way for his first major league complete game and shuts out the hard-hitting California Angels on four hits by a score of one to nothing. My, oh, my. Six-foot-six resident of Reno, Nevada, back up there, best is set. And Carl's 1-1 pitch, fastball line drive into deep left center field, moving back as Bradley reaches up, makes the dive, and makes the grab. My, oh, my. What a catch by Phil Bradley. And that will be on the highlight film next week on This Week in Baseball. You better believe it. What a grab by Bradley. Runners at first and second, two on and two outs. One run across here with a sixth. They will take off on the pitch. Here's the 3-2 offer. There go the runners swinging a fly ball. Deep to left field. Maxing out. And this one is way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Garvin Thomas, a three-run home run. No doubt about it. And it's the Mariners' seven. And the Indians' six. I don't believe it. Holy smoke. They have come back from.
from a six-run deficit. Would you believe it? After 10 minutes, the wind and the 3-0 pitch on the way to Alvin. Swung on at Belton. Deep to right field, Brunaski looks up. Deja vu. Second deck. a lead. There he goes. Pitch on the way and it's a high strike. No throw by the catcher Donnie Slot and Reynolds in at second base with his 60th stolen base of the year and he has just set a new Mariner Club record for most steals in a single season. He breaks the old record of 59 steals by Julio Cruz back in 1978. Way to go here. Mark Langston in with the sign by Bradley the set. And here's the one-two pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three, did it. Mark Langston has just set a new Mariner Club record with his 16th strikeout, and the ball game is over. Infante goes down swinging, and Mark Langston and the Mariners defeat the Toronto Blue Jays 4-2 to tonight here in Toronto. What a night for Mark Langston. 16 strikeouts, a new Mariner club record. And the one strike pitch to Val. A fastball swung on and belted deep to left center field. And this will fly away over the USS Mariner. And that was almost back into the red seats. That has to be about 455 feet. That was longer than Ken Griffey's. It was 451. Three to nothing. Mariner. And the 3-2 pitch to Jesse now. And the slider swung on and a high fly ball. Into deep left center field. Back goes Griffey. He's back to the wall. Makes the leap and does he make the catch? He does. My, oh my, another Griffey piece of magic as Ken Griffey Jr. takes a home run away from Jesse Barfield. Here is the 0 2 pitch on the way, swinging a one hopper back to the mound. Swift has it, throws the first, and it's seven minutes after 10 down here in Texas. The M's get a 15-year-old simian off their back. A gorilla, a monkey, it is gone. They have assured themselves that they are a 500-ball club. They are now 81-78 and 78 and flying home a mighty happy group, I guarantee you. My, oh, my, it's finally over. Here's the stretch by Schooler. And the 1-2 pitch on the way. Check swing slider. Strike three called, and the ball game is over. And the fans can smell it. They are up standing, ready to explode should Randy Johnson slip a strike by Ruben Sierra. Sitting right on the precipice of history is Randy. The 2-2 pitch. Swag and a miss, and he's done it. Randy Johnson has 322,751 saluting the big guy here on Sunday afternoon, closing day at the Kingdom as he becomes only the eighth man in American League history to strike out 300 or more batters. One old pitch on the way to Blower, swung on, line down the right field line into the corner, and the Mariners are going to win it. Here comes Dermina. The 0-1 pitch on the way to Edgar Martinez. Swung on the line down the left field line for a base hit. Here comes Joy. Here is Junior to third base. They're going to wave him in. The throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners are going to play for the American League Championship. I don't believe it. It just continues. My, oh, my. Everybody on their feet right now and listen to the crowd. 
You can feel the magic. You can see the magic. And now Hamilton calls time and he steps out of the batter's box, but the crowd won't let go. Here's the windup. The one-two pitch on the way. Swing and a soft liner to Alex. It's short. Makes the catch and the ball game is over. The Mariners sweep the Texas Rangers. Mariners win it. Seven to six over the Texas Rangers. They have won eight in a row. And right now the Mariners are just two. Two games back up Texas in the American League West. On the way, swinging a well-hit ball deep to right field. Buner going back to the one track. Leaps up and he makes the catch, I believe, and falls into the Boston bullpen. Jay Buner makes an absolutely incredible catch. He leaps up over the wall and he falls into the Boston Red Sox bullpen. He disappears from sight. One of the greatest catches I have ever seen. Jay Buner leaps high in the air and then he's gone. And that is hit well into right center field. Anderson goes back and see you later. There it is. Alex Rodriguez is now a 40-40 player. His 40th home run of the year that ties Rico Petroselli for the most home runs in the American League for a shortstop. And a boy, Alex. Here's the windup by Jamie Moy in the first pitch. There go the flash bulbs. It's in there for a strike, and we are underway at Safeco Field. Everybody got a great shot of the first pitch. The pitch has been tossed out of the ball game, and that ball will be a souvenir in the Seattle Mariners Museum. Here comes the stretch, and Folk is 0-1 pitch on the way to Carlos. There's a bun up the first baseline. The Mariners are on their way to the American League Championship. A beautiful bump by Carlos Guillen. The Mariners sweep the Chicago White Sox. My, oh my. I don't believe it. Kazu trying to end it and start the celebration. The one-two pitch on the way now. Swing and a high pop-up. This will do it. Calling is Brett Boone on the outfield grass and the Mariners have won their 106th game and of course are the 2001 Western Division champions. No jumping around. You can see the flag being waved down there amongst this team on what is really a quite a touching scene right now. That's the first time I have ever seen a flag wave during a pennant clinching game. Here's the windup and the 2-1 pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Straight away center field. Lofton to the track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. He did it. Four home runs for Mike Cameron. Ties the Major League record. It has been done 13 times in Major League history. Only the fourth time in the American League. Mike Cameron touches home for the fourth time with his fourth home run in tonight's game against the White Sox here in Chicago here on May the 2nd, 2002. A very historic blast for Mike Cameron, his fourth home run of the game. Gehrig, Siri, Calavito, and now Mike Cameron have done it in the American League. His place is a rockin' this afternoon, 46,105. It will go crazy if he throws another fastball by Nomar. The 0-2 pitch on the way. Strike three called on the outside corner. A 98-mile-an-hour fastball, and they are going crazy here at Safe Gold Field this afternoon. 
of smoke right over the outside corner to Nomar Garcia Parra. The inning is over. The Mariners still lead it three to one. Now the windup and the three two on the way. Swing and a ground ball, base it up the middle. There it is, number 258, a major league record for Ichiro. The fans are on their feet, and Ichiro has just established a new single season hit record. There is number 258, and he moves on by George Sisler. We go to the top half of the second and get this visual imprint in your mind, folks. Dan Wilson warming up Jamie Moyer. He will not catch the top half of the second. Dan Wilson will bow out his 14-year major league career. Here comes Jorby Torrealba out of the dugout. Dan Wilson with a handshake to Torrealba with a hug. Dan Wilson completing his 12th season in a Mariner uniform. Now he turns around, walks out to Jamie Moyer. He meets Jamie halfway, shakes his hand, gives him a hug. Everybody on their feet here at Safeco Field. Everyone on their feet. Fan appreciation night. And I tell you, there's a sign out there that says, thanks for the memories, Dan. He takes off his helmet, waves to the crowd as he crosses the first baseline. Listen to this ovation for Dan Wilson. And J.J. is set for the one-two pitch to Bonds on the way. Swing and a miss. That was a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. And the Mariners have done it. Faith and Begora, they have swept the San Francisco Giants. And the pitch. Swung on and a fly ball hit to Death Valley out there in deep left center field. And that ball is off the wall up there. It crawls up Towles Hill. And on his way to third is Bloomquist. He's around third. Going to try to score. The throw to the plate. He has an inside the park home run. Hi, oh, my. Willie Bloomquist, a head first slide. His great speed got him all the way around. The ball hit high out there off the wall just to the left of that incline. It's called Towles Hill. And looks at the home plate umpire. Here's the right-hander stretch. And the pitch on the way. Swung on. That's hit into the gap in right center field. He's got a shot to get three. He's at first. He's at second base. He's going to make the turn there. He's going to head for third. Adrian Beltre has just hit for the cycle. My, oh, my. There was little doubt about it as Abanez comes in to score. So Adrian Beltre joins Jay Buner and John Olerud and Alex Rodriguez as Mariners who have hit for the cycle, and he does it tonight with his fifth hit. And the Mariners now lead it 11-6. It had triple written all over it, didn't it? Picks the click. Final game of the series. Mike, who's yours? Well, I think clearly it's going to be Tui Asasopo today. He swung the bat well the last few times that he's got an opportunity to play. I expect him to hit his first big league home run today. He's going to get in a good count today. He's going to get a fastball from Talent, and he's going to hit it out of left center field. Probably, oh, maybe in the second deck. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Matt Tui Asasopo's first home run of his career coming up, according to Mike Blow. On a 3-1 count. On a 3-1 count. A breaking yeah. ball, fastball. It'll, fast, be, it'll, be a, no, fastball. it'll be a fastball. He's a fastball pitcher. He'll 3-1 count. Second at bat. Uh, how many rows back? Second row? Second deck? Second deck. Second, second deck. deck. How yeah. many rows back? Uh, that Two I, can't, three? I, can't, I can't tell you because people get their hands in the way, so you never know. <laughs> Left-handers, 2-1 pitch. And that's inside ball three. <laughs> three balls. I've never been so excited on a 3-1 count in my life. 3-1 pitch on the way. Swung on oh. and belted oh. in the left 
Slider. Oh, that stank. Pitch to Brendan swinging a ground ball toward the hole at short. Backhanded off the glove. Recovered by Sogard. Off balance throw to first. And it pulls Jackson off the bag. Ryan heading for second. No one there. No throw. Heads up play. Heads up play. Now he's going to third. And nobody's there. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Brendan Ryan has just picked pockets of the Oak Lays twice. You talk about heads up baseball. That's incredible. That's the first time I've ever seen that. An infield base hit by Brendan. Nobody covering second. He goes there. Nobody's at third. He winds up on a third. Wow. One strike away from baseball history. Hernandez looks in. The windup and the 2-2 pitch. Strike three called. Felix Hernandez pumps his arms in the air. Felix has just thrown the first perfect game in Seattle Mariners history. He's being mobbed by his teammates behind the mound. He's done it. He's done it. Swing and a high fly ball deep to right field. Calhoun going back, looking up. There it is. Career home run. Number 300 for Raul Ibanez. And with that home run, he has just tied Ted Williams for the most home runs by a 41-year-old. There it is. Number 29 for Raul Ibanez. And with one mighty swing of the bat, two huge milestones. And the pitch to Kyle. Swing and a high drive. Deep to right field. Springer going back. Looking up. Goodbye baseball. A walk-off three-run home run. Kyle Seeger, his second of the ball game. He drives in all five Mariner runs. Mariners come back and win it. Holy smokes, they win it. Five to three over the Astros. That is some kind of way to put an end to an eight-game losing streak. Holy smokes, what a fantastic finish here at Safeco Field. The windup and the pitch on the way. Parra with a swing and a fly ball. Left center field on the run, Jackson. He makes the catch. A no-hitter for Hisashi Iwakuma. Iwakuma being mobbed out at the mound. The fifth no-hitter in Mariners history. Hisashi Iwakuma has done it on August the 12th. 2015, a 3-0 win over the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's kind of long, but I thought it was fun to put together. It's fun to hear some of those highlights. Some I haven't heard in a long, long time. So I hope you enjoyed that. Now we're going to turn our attention to, and this is when it gets fun now, when pitchers and catchers reporting, spring training is here, and we can talk about, uh, start talking about baseball the game on the field as opening day creeps a little bit closer and we're going to be talking position battles throughout the spring and one that I am very intrigued by is the starting rotation and we're going to talk about it in just a couple minutes here but you look at things on paper and assuming health of course Felix at the top Iwakuma right there Taiwan Walker 
Expectations really high for Miley coming over. On paper, your top four, which leaves a very interesting battle for five. James Paxton, who returns, and we've all seen the glimpses of what he can be, just the raw ability, the power left-handed arm, and what he brings to the table. And then somebody I'm extremely high on who had an outstanding year last year, Nate Carnes. And you look how it balances out with the top four. It leaves those two battling for number five, which is a good position to be in. And we saw that last year. I mean, chances are that they're both going to get a number of starts this season. I mean, you can never go through a season with just five starters. And last year was just another example of that. So chances are they'll they'll both see their shares of starts this season. But it's going to be a very interesting position battle to watch, that battle for the fifth spot between Carnes and Paxton. So we're going to talk about it now with Zach Sanders. He wrote something, a nice piece on lookoutlanding.com. You can see him on Fangraphs as well. I want to give you a little heads up that the audio at times can be a little rough. It was totally on my end. It's uh, my fault. Apparently, I'm in spring training mode as well. I need to iron a few things out technically. Maybe that's not maybe that's not the, exactly the right way to put it. Maybe the right way to put it is my laptop is the Julio Franco of laptops. It's It's been around for a while, and maybe... Maybe I could use a replacement at some point this season, but I'll iron things out. But just a little warning, totally my fault, but the audio is not perfect, but the information is fantastic and uh, a great guest. So uh, I encourage you to, to bear with me, and we'll have Zach on again. It's a good conversation. So, so here it is. Well, spring training just, I guess, hours away at this point. Pitchers and catchers reporting, and we're going to start to look at some of the very interesting position battles going on in spring training, and this one really intrigues me. We're going to talk about right now. Zach Sanders, you can see him at lookoutlanding.com. You can find him at fangrass.com, also on Twitter. ZV Sanders, uh, thanks, Zach, for, for being here. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So it's pretty interesting when you look at the rotation coming into spring training because there's some assumptions with health. You have Felix at the top. You have Iwakuma right there. You have Walker. You have Miley. Four out of the five right off the bat, again, assuming health, which leaves, I think, a very intriguing battle for the last spot in the rotation. James Paxson, of course, who we've seen bits and pieces and at times is really thrilled. And Nate Carnes, the newcomer, had a, a tremendous year last year. Zach, you wrote a very interesting piece at lookoutlanding.com. And before we kind of put them side by side, not many people familiar with Nate Carnes. What have you seen in your research from Nate Carnes? Yeah, Carnes was this interesting guy coming out of college, big stuff in college, just like he has now, but never really had good results. Always had big command issues. Started with the Nationals, came up there, once again, big strikeouts, but the problems with the command. I uh, was eventually traded to the Rays, and since then, they gave him a chance uh, full-time last year to start, and he really took off with it. He, he flashes a big fastball. His curveball is one of the better ones in baseball, honestly. And the big thing was he improved his changeup. Uh, it was never really a pitch he could use before, and so some people were thinking he may be a reliever. But now, coming into this year, it's been very clear that he has a true three-pitch mix, which is something you want to see from your starters. Last year... What what made him so what made him so good last year? He didn't have a nice a nice year. 
Yeah, I, I think it's being able to mix in those three pitches that really made him pop. Uh, the command was still not great, but he was able to make it work simply because he works with the fastball that sits around 92 miles an hour. Uh, he can run it up to 95, and he even has sat there in the past. But as he you know, is aging, his velocity goes down a little bit because he is going to enter his uh, 28th year here. And then the big thing was that the curveball really worked for him, but the changeup allowed him to give him a third look that hitters hadn't seen before. They're used to seeing the big curve that was, was very tight and very effective and gets people to go out of the zone and was his best swing and miss pitch, but all of a sudden his changeup comes on board. And honestly, it was one of the most productive pitches in baseball, especially compared to what he had done with it before, which was essentially used as a show-me pitch. It became an actual weapon for him. And so adding that all up, and you get some good defense, of course, from uh, uh, Tampa Bay. They they're pretty good outfield defense there, and so everything kind of culminated into a good season for him. And on the other side of things, James Paxton, who we're familiar with, and he's really tantalized us at times with his raw stuff, one of the hardest-throwing left-handed starters in the game, but an inability to stay healthy, stay on the field at times. What's your view of James Paxton? Paxton has just a tremendous upside. You, you, like you said, you don't see left-handed starters, let alone a lot of right-handed starters with this kind of velocity, uh, especially a guy like him who can, for the most part, maintain late into games. And you combine that with his height, and you can throw from a different angle that hitters aren't used to seeing. That really makes the velocity have the potential to play up even more. And he's got a good breaking ball. That curveball is a big pitch, especially from a high release point. But it's just the issue of whether or not he can stay healthy and whether or not he can stay consistent. We've had problems with him in the majors of the stuff looks good, and he's throwing it around the zone, but he's not quite hitting the spot where he wants to. And so you'll see him get deeper into counts than you'd like to, which leads to higher pitch count. So he can make, can't get, make it through as many innings, and all that sort of combined has really slowed him down in the big leagues. There are only 13 starts each of the past two years mm-hmm. when he's had the chance to make essentially a full season's worth and just hasn't been able to. So how do you view this battle side-by-side side heading into spring training? I think Carnes has the upper hand right now simply because he was acquired by the new regime. It's very rare that you see a new general manager come in, acquire someone, and then bench him in favor of someone else who is already there. Uh, they clearly see something they like in him, and they think he's a good part of the rotation. But I think they're willing to give Paxton a legitimate chance. They're not just going to hand it to Carnes. But when you have these kind of options, and I think before – Iwakuma miraculously came back. They were willing to go with Carnes at four and Paxton leading the way at five. But now you actually have this a good problem to have, and they're willing to see what happens until they make a decision on who needs to be either sent down or go to the bullpen to really maximize this roster as much as they can. That's an interesting question as well. And chances are, I mean, you go through a season, you're going to need six, seven, eight, nine starters, depending on the year. So chances are they'll both see <laughs> a handful of starts. But you, you wrote something interesting about Paxton in the bullpen. Yeah, I think he just has that tremendous stuff that can really play up in the bullpen. We're talking about a guy who throws 95 already as a starter. Mm. And you put him back there, let him throw one, maybe two innings at a time since because he's used to starting and throw a couple more pitches. And he can really be a dominant reliever. I, I brought up the comparison of, I don't, you never want to use this, but Wade Davis. Wade Davis is now one of the best relievers in baseball, and he was a fledgling starter. He threw hard, but that's about it. And you can see about going to the bullpen and being able to work in those short stints has really helped him. And I think Pax can do the same thing. He could be the big second left-hander you could put in the late innings. You could use him as sort of the fireman, and he gives you multiple innings as you need to. It doesn't just have to be that lefty one-out guy like we have with Furbush. It could be a real weapon as a left-hander, which we haven't had here in quite some time. It's an interesting concept, too, especially when you look at 
uh, the bullpen last year, a lot of new faces this year, obviously. But also, you look at the bullpen from left-handed side. Charlie Furbush has been outstanding, but there's a question mark surrounding him and his health. It, it's a very intriguing option when you look at it from that aspect. Yeah, it would just be something that they don't have. And even if Paxton can't stay as healthy, the hope would be that limiting those stints and letting him maybe have a reduced workload, at least what you're expecting every night out, could at least help them stay healthier longer in the year so we're not seeing the injuries so early in such a long stretch in the middle of the season where you're out you don't have an asset so maybe he stays healthier and you're actually able to use him as a spot starter in the middle of the year these are all things that they have to take under consideration well, again good stuff at lookoutlanding.com i recommend go checking it out it's it's very interesting to look at and something we'll all be looking at very closely now heading into spring trading what else is intriguing you about this team i think the battle for the bullpen spots is really interesting. Uh, like you said, there's a lot, lot of new faces. Uh, really, the only returner for a full season is Charlie Furbush. But we'll see a lot of right-handed guys come in and battle for a couple spots. Evans, Scribner, the most likely. But then you bring in other options that maybe have had some success in the past. Justin DeFrautis, uh, we have Tony Zitch, who did really well last year in his brief call-up. Guys like Blake Parker, even, is sort of a sleeper candidate on a minor league deal who's had some big strikeouts in the past and, and they all sort of fit for the most part a profile of those high strikeouts lower walks but maybe get a home run and so we can clearly see there's a type of reliever that this new front office uh, wants to employ and they're willing to sort of collect as many of them as, as they can and see what happens because reliever success is often very hard to predict year in and year out and so it's, it's, a, it's a smart strategy I'm happy to see what turns out this offseason no, that's a great point I mean the, the Mariners are a prime example of that two years ago we saw uh, the bullpen was dynamite last year. Uh, it really struggled. So, what, what's your view of the pen overall coming in? I know there's a lot of a lot of question marks, but how do you look at it right now, sizing it up heading into spring training? I'd say it's a it's got the chance to be a strong bullpen, especially when it comes to strikeouts. Most of the guys here have had high strikeouts totals in the past. It's just been other things that have slowed them down to having sustained great success. Uh, I, the back end will be still strong. Joaquin Benoit is a great reliever, long been one of the more underrated relievers in baseball, especially since he came back from injury after being with the Rangers, and he's really turned it around as a great back-end reliever. We'll, we'll see if Steve Sishik can, can pick up the pace. He looked a little out of it last year. It's the fastball lost some velocity, and that really took the shine off him, and hitters were able to sort of square things up a little more. But if he pitches like he has in the past, all of a sudden that's maybe one of the top one uh, eight the ninth inning guys in all of baseball with Ben Juan Sissick. Well, Zach, this was a fun first visit. We'll have to do it again. Thanks a lot for the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome back, baseball. Welcome back. <laughs>